Hi, my name is Julian Chambliss. I'm a professor of English and a core faculty in the Consortium for Critical Diversity and Digital Age Research, CEDAR, at Michigan State University. And I'll be your host for this episode of Every Tongue's Got to Confess. The purpose of the podcast series is to explore the experiences and stories of communities of color by listening to the voices of attendees at the 2019 Zordner Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. During the festival, Holly Baker talked with the Honorable Edward Jones. He is the seventh and current mayor of Grambling, Louisiana, one of the historic black communities that founded the Historic Black Towns and Settlement Alliance. Listen to their conversation. I'm Edward Jones. I serve as mayor for the city of Grambling in Grambling, Louisiana. It's the home of Grambling State University. I've been mayor for approximately eight years. I'm presently serving my third term. Uh, before I became mayor, I was an instructor at Grambling State University in the Department of English. Can you tell me a little bit more about your city, Grambling? Grambling uh, houses Grambling State University. Uh, it's at the top of the boot in Louisiana. Uh, we have approximately 10,000 citizens, including the students. Uh, we a small community. We are, I guess, an ideal town and gown community uh, where everything that the city does, it involves the university, and everything the university does, it involves the citizens. What brings you to ZoraFest this year? NYN Theory brings me to ZoraFest. Uh, NYN Theory and I are involved in an organization called the Historic Black Towns and Settlements Alliance. Uh, it includes towns that Booker T. Washington uh, helped to form, uh, towns that had uh, HBCUs. And so we have been in this organization for five or six years. Every year we come to the Zora Fest to support uh, this festival because it's so very important that uh, African Americans uh, maintain their culture. Uh, every city has a festival. Uh, the city of Grambling has the Juneteenth Festival, and we also have what we call the Legends Weekend. And so NY and the other members of the historic black towns and settlements uh, visit Grambling. So we go to different cities to support uh, the mayors and, and the uh, community leaders uh, in their community events. Tell me about your roundtable today concerning economic development and empowerment. What did you talk about during the panel? I talked about the city of Grambling. During segregation, the city of Grambling uh, supported itself entirely uh, by providing goods and services that the citizens needed. Uh, we had a grocery store, uh, a movie theater. Uh, we had those businesses, restaurants, those businesses that were self-contained within the city. And so we supported the city, and the revenue uh, was at its maximum. But once integration came, um, many of the citizens now were able to go outside of the city to get their goods and services, and the revenue uh, dwindled. 
And so as years progressed, uh, less and less businesses uh, were, were coming into our community. So the city of Grambling had not had a grocery store in over 35 years uh, because during that time the, the businesses had to close because they were not making enough money to uh, sustain uh, themselves. So I, my goal was to bring economic development back to the city. So we started with the supermarket uh, because we were considered to be a food desert uh, anytime you go over a half mile to get uh, fresh vegetables, you're said to be in a desert. So that's what was the first thing I wanted to do, was to bring back a supermarket. Then I knew that we needed medical services. Uh, we had to go at least six or seven miles to a doctor. So now we have a medical facility, uh, we call it a head-to-toe facility, and we also have a dental office. So providing our uh, citizens with quicker medical services uh, was very important. We had streets in our city that were not safe, and we didn't have sidewalks. And we had some streets where citizens had been killed uh, because they were walking in the road and, you know, a, uh, a driver accidentally you know, hit them. So now we have sidewalks, and including the sidewalks, we have bicycle trails. So now parents can feel free to let their children ride their bicycles because the sidewalks are not close to the road. So we're trying to do those things that will enhance the quality of life for our citizens in our community. What is the World Conference of Mayors? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Right. It's, it's an organization of, uh, of mayors uh, internationally. Presently, we, you know, we have uh, the mayors of, of color, but it's not just for you know, African-American mayors, it's not just for African mayors, it's for all mayors. Uh, but we can come together to talk about those similarities that we have. For an example, when I come to Eatonville and when I go to Tuskegee, uh, we have the same problems. And so we come together so we can talk about those deficiencies that we have in order to correct them. How does ZoraFest intersect with your passions and your work? We, we talk about our uh, historic preservation. And that's what Eatonville is doing, uh, preserving uh, its history. And so the city of Grambling uh, preserves its history. So it's so very important because when you have young African-American boys and girls, you know, they need to know uh, their history in order to know where they need to go in life. And so I support Zora Neale uh, Hurston Festival and all the festivals that are in the African-American uh, communities uh, because it gives I guess the citizens, a sense of ownership and belonging. What do you hope that people take away from ZoraFest and from your uh, panel in particular? Well, you know, again, when people hear about uh, the Juneteenth Festival at Grambling, or the uh, uh, Zora Festival in Eatonville, you know, I think they think about entertainment. And it's much, much more. But this is a, a very creative way to bring people into your town 
uh, to give them the history of your town along with entertainment. And so we are, we are establishing these uh, festivals not only for entertainment purposes, but for learning purposes as well. That's great. Um, actually, my next question was, um, what do you think, in your opinion, is the educational legacy of ZoraFest? And you kind of hit on that. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, everybody knows about uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, this year, uh, they have Alice Walker uh, here. And so it, it is a way to uh, have our students identify uh, with their culture. And I, I think it's just an excellent way to do it. I guess one of the main uh, outcomes or takeaways uh, from this festival and the other festivals that come from communities of color is the collaboration. And once you're able to collaborate with other community leaders, you're able to grow when you go back into your own community. So I say that was the biggest takeaway. Uh, when you, you hear other community leaders talk about the challenges that they have in their communities and how they were able to overcome those challenges, you know, it inspires you to go back into your community and it gives you somewhat of a, a map and how you can correct those ills that you have in your communities. You've been going to uh, ZoraFest for about four years now. Um, have you noticed, how, how has it changed over time? Have you noticed any anything about um, how ZoraFest has evolved? Surely, as far as the participation, the ZoraFest committee has really done an excellent job in, in bringing people outside of the state into this festival. Uh, they, they brought them to make them a part of the historical uh, segment of what this festival is all about. It's been a, an honor talking to you, and I thank you so much for your time and talking with me and for taking part in this podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Every Tongue's Got to Confess podcast, the official podcast of the Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. Holly Baker and I produce this podcast with assistance from the University of Central Florida, the Association to Preserve Edenville Community, and Michigan State University. Be sure to find the rest of the episodes by searching for us online and subscribing to the podcast. See you next time.